Church Audio, striving to introduce people to Jesus through scripture, biblical instruction, and prayer with authenticity and vibrancy. You don't need to know anything about the Bible. Just sit back, relax, and let God do the rest. Please consider subscribing to this podcast and leave a rating and review. And please consider supporting this ministry through a tax-deductible donation at mountainview.church. That's mountainview.church slash give. Now here's this week's message. Human beings are prone to establish kingdoms. There are the ancient kingdoms of days gone by with fortresses and castles and conquests. There are kingdoms of our modern time, like the United Kingdom or the various kingdoms of the Middle East. There are kingdoms of wealth, prestige, and power, established through great success and inheritance or corruption. Then there are the personal kingdoms we build up around us. We might not want to admit it, but in many ways we crown ourselves as the monarchy. Although very different, these are all types of earthly kingdoms existing in the physical realm. Earthly kingdoms often start with good intentions a desire to protect and provide, but they all have an end date. Eventually, they all face a concluding event which leads to their downfall. Why? Because every earthly kingdom carries the same weakness, the human propensity towards sin, and specifically the sin of pride. Even the best intentions of the greatest kingdoms become skewed by pride, resulting in self-centered ambitions, which create division and block progress and eventually destroy all the good intentions the kingdom once stood for. This has happened throughout history and continues in our modern time on every level, including the internal kingdoms we build for ourselves, where we become the central figure of our own story. We have to embrace the hard truth that earthly kingdoms will never last. Because humanity is fallen, earthly kingdoms will always be broken. Over the past few weeks, this hard truth has been revealed to us through the prophet Obadiah, using the great fall of Edom as a pointer to the fall of all nations. And this week, Obadiah transitions to God's coming kingdom, an eternal kingdom. You see, God has established this eternal kingdom, evidenced in the physical realm, but empowered in the spiritual realm. And God's eternal kingdom will prevail over earthly kingdoms. Let me say that again. God's eternal kingdom will prevail over every earthly kingdom. We can receive entrance into this eternal kingdom through God's son, Jesus Christ. After his crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus ascended to heaven, but only for a set amount of time. He will return. And when he returns, all earthly kingdoms will end. Only God's eternal kingdom will remain. The book of the prophet Obadiah. Obadiah has been placed right after Joel and then Amos to expand on these very promises about the hope of God's kingdom over all of the nations. And so the book concludes with a very hopeful future. God says he's going to restore his kingdom over the new Jerusalem, that he'll repopulate it with a faithful remnant. And then from there, God's kingdom will expand to include all the territory and nations around Israel. 
And so this little book contributes to the larger portrait of God's justice and faithfulness that we're seeing in the prophets. The ancient pride and betrayal of the people of Edom becomes an example of the greater human condition, all of the ways that we betray and hurt each other and God's good world. But there's hope, Obadiah says. Edom's downfall points to the day when God will deal with evil in our world, but also bring his healing kingdom of peace over all the nations. And that's what the book of Obadiah is all about. My name is Nicole. I'll be reading Obadiah 19 through 21. Those of the Negeb shall possess Mount Esau, and those of the Shephelah shall possess the land of the Philistines. They shall possess the land of Ephraim and the land of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess Gilead. The exiles of this host of the people of Israel shall possess the land of the Canaanites as far as Zepharephath, and the exiles of Jerusalem who are in Veherahad shall possess the cities of the Negeb. Saviors shall go up to Mount Zion to rule Mount Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. This is the final passage of study from the book of Obadiah. After listening to our scripture reading, you may have felt confused about what Obadiah is referring to. Don't worry. It's to be expected when reading this section of scripture. So much so that when I was preparing my message, one commentary noted the obscurity of Obadiah's prophecy with this caveat. The Hebrew in this section is obscure at several points, but the general message is discernible. So rest assured, all will be revealed. Let's get started. As we approach this teaching, we should look at verse 19 and 20 as a foundational setup for the concluding revelation issued in verse 21. In verse 19, we see the words shall possess repeated four different times related to four different locations that the people of Israel will eventually inhabit. First, Mount Esau. Second, the land of the Philistines. Third, Ephraim and fourth Gilead. Obadiah is using poetic and prophetic language to reference territory promised to Israel in the Abrahamic covenant. This is a revelation of God's plan and promise, not just to deliver Israel, but to expand their borders. That being said, the geography of this passage may be a struggle to capture in your mind's eye. So here's a quick breakdown. Israel's territory will increase to the south, in what's currently known as the Kingdom of Jordan. Israel will also expand to the west, occupying the Palestinian territories known to us in modern age as the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. Those two locations should have perked your ears because they are still areas of dispute and conflict between Israelis and Palestinians to this very day. It, it almost feels when we read that, that Obadiah could have written this prophecy last year. But let's move on to verse 20. We have a foretelling of more territories that God's people, quote, shall possess. Obadiah centers on the Israelites who were exiled during the Babylonian conquest of Jerusalem. To clarify the geography in this section, Israel will increase their borders to the north into modern day Syria and Lebanon. Note that the Mediterranean Sea is on the east of Israel. Therefore, Obadiah is revealing a full expansion in all possible directions. Although Obadiah is speaking about the physical realm, he's revealing a spiritual journey. 
God's sovereignty is always on display throughout the prophetic writings of the Bible. Although prophets are often speaking about earthly kingdoms, and most often Israel, God is using them to gradually unveil his eternal kingdom. And so, Obadiah is just one of many layers revealed throughout scripture and over the historic timeline that God has put into motion. If we just read verses 19 and 20 and stop there, we wouldn't see the connection. However, once you add Obadiah's final prophetic word in verse 21, we get a glimpse at God's eternal kingdom. Let's read Obadiah verse 21. He writes, Saviors shall go up to Mount Zion to rule Mount Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. The word saviors is often translated as deliverers, and Mount Zion is a reference to an eternal place found throughout the Old Testament. And the final statement says it all, that the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Obadiah's last statement leads to all sorts of questions. Did his prophecy come true? Did God fulfill his promise? What happened next? These questions point us back to the concept of kingdoms. As God has always done, he kept his promise to Israel. On the earthly kingdom level, from 538 to 515 BC, many Jews returned from Babylon and the temple in Jerusalem was rebuilt. Israel gained strength as a nation, but they struggled to keep their eyes focused on God. They were tempted by pride and a host of other sinful desires that caused them to stumble over and over again. Soon, God went silent, not sending any prophets for 400 years. During that time, Israel fell to the Greeks in 333 BC and fell to the Egyptians in 323 BC, then fell to Syria in 204 BC. Although the Holy of Holies was desecrated, the temple remained intact. Fast forward to 63 BC, and Jerusalem was once again captured, this time by the Roman Empire under General Pompey. Throughout the Roman occupation, like every foreign occupation, the people of Israel clung to the writings of prophets like Obadiah. They prayed that God might restore Israel's earthly kingdom. They waited for God to send them a savior to overthrow the Roman Empire. Little did they know that during the Roman occupation, God was about to break his silence. He would indeed send them a savior, but the time of earthly kingdoms was over. It was the dawn of a new type of kingdom under a new covenant, not just between God and Israel. God was inviting his salvation plan to save all people, not from foreign rulers, but from the sin that ruled their hearts. During the Roman occupation, an angel of God came to the Virgin Mary and told her that she would bear a son and she would call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Jesus grew in stature and wisdom. As a man, he began his public ministry, proclaiming God's coming kingdom and thousands followed him. After a few years, he revealed that he was the savior and Messiah that they had been waiting for. And they paraded him through the city as their king. 
an event that we celebrate every year as Palm Sunday. But all the while, pride was still convincing both the Jews and the Romans that earthly kingdoms were the answer. Less than a week later, they turned on Jesus because he wasn't living up to what they wanted. They had him arrested, his followers fled, and the Roman government tortured him, crucified him, and then buried him in a tomb. Thinking they were done with Jesus, the Jewish leaders turned their attention back to their interpretation of scripture, awaiting an earthly military savior. The Romans went back to governing their vast empire. However, much to everyone's surprise, God still had a massive reveal. Three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. His followers were thrilled. The kingdom of God was real and it was freely available through Jesus. Everything Jesus had taught them about forgiveness and redemption was true. News spread like wildfire as the Jewish and Roman authorities went on high alert. They tried desperately to stop the resurgence of Jesus' kingdom teaching, but they couldn't. The physical evidence of his resurrection proved Jesus' spiritual authority. Soon, it was time for Jesus to ascend to heaven to prepare an eternal home. But he promised to return one day in the future. He passes the message of the coming kingdom to his followers, which continued to spread across the world and throughout time to this current moment where I'm speaking to you today. This is where we come back to verse 21. Obadiah's ending prophecy. We cling to it even in our modern time. You see, Obadiah's use of saviors or deliverers can be translated as those who have been delivered, which would align with other biblical texts. Those who have been delivered by our Savior Jesus will enter Mount Zion, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Through Jesus, we receive redemption. We are no longer slaves to sin, but we are children of God. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Romans, stated that we have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. But perhaps you're wondering, Whatever happened to all those who rejected Jesus and continued to wait for an earthly kingdom? Well, in 66 AD, there was a Jewish revolt against the Romans. The thought was they could establish their kingdom by force. After four years of terrible conflict, the Romans reclaimed Jerusalem in 70 AD, and once again, the temple was destroyed. To this very day, both sides of Abraham's lineage claim Jerusalem and the Temple Mount as their own. For Jews stemming from Isaac, the Temple Mount is the anticipated site of the third temple in their Messianic era, when their kingdom will be restored once and for all. For Muslims stemming from Ishmael, the Temple Mount is the site of the Al-Aqsa Mosque, in their belief to be where Prophet Muhammad ascended to heaven. They too are waiting for a type of messianic event where they will be the ones who inherit the kingdom. The truth is, one day Jesus will return. These two religious groups will likely play key roles in the time before his return. 
Until then, they will constantly be at war, striving to establish their earthly kingdoms. Followers of Jesus in the present age must continually focus on heaven, striving to share the truth with them that he is the Messiah. And through him, God's eternal kingdom will prevail over every earthly kingdom. This applies, of course, to corporate kingdoms and family kingdoms. It applies to the individual internal kingdoms we create for ourselves. The scriptures make it abundantly clear that we must choose our kingdom based on who sits on the throne. You see, thrones determine outcomes. If Jesus is our savior, our Messiah, our King, then we must place him on the throne of our hearts. We must reject every earthly kingdom that pride tempts us to embrace. When Christ is come, and not till then, shall the kingdom be the Lord's in the full sense of the term. As none that exalt themselves against the Lord shall prosper, and all shall be brought down, so none that wait upon the Lord and put their trust in him shall ever be dismayed. Blessed be the divine Savior and judge on Mount Zion. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you again for this series of Obadiah, looking at your prophet who revealed to us future things. We thank you for all the prophecies of your word and how they've come true and how they all point to your son, Jesus. If there's anyone who's listened to this and wondering if Jesus could be their savior and king, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move in their hearts and they would come to a place where they repent and seek your forgiveness and redemption. For those of us that know you and are following Jesus and are looking forward to your eternal kingdom, I pray that this series and this message and this scripture uh, would continue to fill our hearts with anticipation and joy that we will enter our eternal home, your kingdom, as co-heirs with Christ in the family of God as your children. Please guide us as we move into this next season that we would reject prideful earthly kingdoms, that we would stay focused on heaven. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Mountain View Church. If you gave your life to Jesus today, or if you would like to submit a prayer request, please click the Connect link, text Connect to the number on the screen, or fill out a Connect card. Before you go, we have a few updates, followed by this week's discussion questions and prayer focus. I would like to remind those in our church membership that there will be a special membership meeting and communion on Thursday, June 29th at 6 p.m. Child care and refreshments will be provided. If you're interested in becoming a covenant member of Mountain View Church, please drop us a message. Next, please join us on Sunday, July 2nd for a Canada Day celebration. We'll be launching our new series, Gospel Culture, exploring how the gospel impacts every area of our culture. We'll serve cake and beverages, and feel free to wear your red and white in honor of Canada Day. We'll be hosting baptisms at our 9.30 and 11 a.m. gatherings. If you are interested in being baptized, please connect with Pastor Jeremy at jeremy at mountainview.church. I want to extend a special thank you to those who have continued to support our church.
To continue that support or to make a one-time tax-deductible donation, simply click the Give link or text Give to the number on the screen. And if you're in-house, feel free to use one of our giving envelopes found under the seats in front of you, then drop it off into the donation box at the back of the auditorium. Now let's bring Pastor Jeremy back for this week's discussion questions and prayer focus. All right, now our last item is our discussion and prayer focus that we do here at Mountain View. We don't just want you to watch, we want you to talk about what we're talking about. So let's dig into it. Question number one is, how have you been tempted by pride to create or join an earthly kingdom? How have you been tempted by pride to create or join an earthly kingdom? Question number two, what changes do you need to make to keep Jesus on the throne of your heart? What changes do you need to make in your life to keep Jesus on the throne of your heart? And last, as we move into prayer, we would ask that you would pray for our church, that we would seek God's eternal kingdom over earthly kingdoms. And if you belong to another local church, then pray for them as well. Let's pray for all our local churches that we would seek God's eternal kingdom over earthly kingdoms. Let's not get trapped. Let's not fall into pride and focus on earthly things. Let's stay in an eternal heavenly mindset, all of our churches, that we might see the gospel go forward. And speaking of the gospel, I want to invite you to next week's uh, message starting our new series, which is called Gospel Culture. If you've ever wondered, how does the gospel impact different areas of our culture and society? We're going to talk about it. We're going to show you. We're going to actually jump into the New Testament, walk through some epistle teachings. It's going to be amazing. You're not going to want to miss it. So we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Mountain View Church Audio. If you've given your life to Jesus today or would like to join, serve, or support Mountain View Church, please let us know at mountainview.church slash connect. That's mountainview.church slash connect. Have a blessed week.